0: let the Kingway, Fox, Beard, is acting very weird.
1: Captain Pike, Driscoll's wife, Klingons and the afterlife. Boimler, Mler, Tendy's Ransom is very harsh. Four drive, Black Alert, Georgio has gone berserk. It's about left it with an idiot Back is
0: dead, wolf is
1: wet, check up wearing red. See this cat,
0: can pack that Q is that enough of that? Bee me up, make it so everybody let's go We, we talk about, about the series You can join us live by picking up your phone now We talk about the series We're coming to you on the stream services now We talk about the you series
2: well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. It is Thursday night, September 28, 2023. It is 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, which means we are live which means you can pick up your phone right now and let your fingers do the walking and call Trek Talkin' at 646-668-2433. We would love to have you join our conversation. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, and I'm happy to be here with you tonight. And before we go too far, I want to go around and introduce you to my awesome, awesome Trek-spurts. Now, we're down two, but we have one, so Pretty cool. Uh, we have with us alone in Portland tonight our very own Eric. How are you doing tonight, Eric?
1: I am doing okay, man. I'm just holding down the fort here in Portland, you know, usually part of the trifecto or maybe the dynamic duo. But tonight, I think I can manage, you know. And uh, we've got some cool stuff to talk about. And I think tonight, I suspect that we will actually get to some news stories, which I am excited about.
2: We have some. Good news stories actually, which I'm kind of excited to talk about. Uh we we will be hearing from David, um anyways. He he took a trip in the DeLorean. So he he will be with us <laughs> in a manner of speaking. And uh we do have as well Paul Score, part of the show In Spirit. So but, virtual David and fun. virtual Paul. Virtual Davis, that's yeah, right. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, we 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 wish Paul all the best of luck. And we hope that everything works out well. Um, also, we're going to swing over to Las Vegas, where we have not only do we have our very, very own Charles there. How you doing tonight, Charles?
3: I'm doing good. We're at the tail end of summer right now. We still got it's, 90s. It's up here. We might we might see another day in 90s. Then we might see an 80. Then we might see a 70. <clears throat>
2: Well, I will tell you this, Charles, up here, way up here in the sticks of Vermont where I'm at, we call that Indian summer, and the temperatures get around the upper 70s, very, very low 80s, and then at night it can dip down into the 40s and the 30s, and that temperature change really makes the leaves pop on the trees. It's yeah. great weather for a campfire, and uh, so I, this is my favorite well, time of the year, Indian summer.
3: Well, I did hear one thing Jim might not want to hear. <clears throat> I hear up in the mountains with this low, this <clears throat> cold front coming through. We might see that S word up in the high mountains.
2: What? Uh, we, we, we don't want that. No, no, no.
3: no. <laughs> it's no, not going to no. last, but we could see a few of it. Few no, of it we, we don't want
2: weekend. that. And this for for the first time and I don't know how long uh my Las Vegas prospects are are actually more than my Portland prospects because tonight we have a special treat for you guys also from Las Vegas we have our very own Nathan with
4: us tonight how you doing tonight Nate I'm doing all right yeah or uh it's a little warmer today like Charles said uh, it's 95 here in my part of the valley uh so yeah, we have uh and uh yeah, Mount Charleston is expected when that low comes down from the uh, northwest. Uh and pours all over there in the northwest. We're supposed to maybe get uh snow there up at Mount Charleston for snow of the year, uh or the season rather. Uh so yeah, yeah. And of course I had to come over here because I had to talk about by far the best episode of Lower Decks so far this season. And we definitely are. We're going to be talking about
2: last week's Lower Decks episode, Something Borrowed, Something Green. And we're going to talk about last week's episode of the very short treks called Worst Contact. I wish we could just skip that completely, but... It's it's our due. We we owe it to you guys to talk about. it. Jim. Spoiler
4: alert. Spoiler alert. You know. (laughs) You know.
2: And you know we we have. It's already spoiled. (laughs) We we have to. Um, You know, for those people that say we're part of this giant global conspiracy, uh, well. (laughs) <laughs> you you want to stay
1: to Well Jim right. Jim it's been a little while since you've mentioned the global conspiracy that we're part of uh on the air. We we chat about it quite a bit tongue in cheek wise in our private chats but um but yeah, yeah we're part of a um what is it a like a left wing global conspiracy to uh, like all Star Trek regardless of quality is it something like that i don't
2: know. yeah we we're promoting the the agenda of star oh, trek by no. constantly liking it even when it's terrible there was a podcast yeah, I think they did a whole show on how paramount is paying us to say these things <laughs> and uh, uh, it's, it's actually syndicate. humorous
3: we're part of I
2: the orion syndicate the orion there we go
0: and
2: we it's funny because, you know, you hear conspiracy theories, but you never hear them about yourself. When you hear them about yourself, it makes them even more humorous. It's mm. like, wow. Wow. I wish Paramount was paying me. Where's where's the money? <laughs> yeah, give me the money. Show me the money. <laughs> you think I would be doing this in, on my, in my living room on my <laughs> iPad if I was getting paid? Anyways. So. So for those of you who think we're part of this conspiracy, you want to hang around for a little while, and you'll find out exactly
1: <laughs> We
0: <laughs> don't
2: the
1: like truth. all Trek.
2: <laughs> the truth is out there, and it's going to be here shortly. Uh. <laughs> all right. So uh, we've introduced all of my Trek experts, and we've told you what we're going to chat about. Um, there's a couple other things I have to get out of the way. Um, the first, of course, is you can head over to trektalking.com. That's right, trektalking.com. Easy to remember, easy to get to. And once you get there, you can find articles and all the latest news on Star Trek. A lot of the stories we're going to talk about tonight, you can find in their entirety, unedited, at trektalking.com. But the biggest thing that you can find at trektalking.com is all of our previous shows. And they're all listed there by category. You can jump to whatever one you want. For instance, if you wanted to hear what we thought about Star Trek Into the Unknown and Star Trek Away Mission Battle at Wolf 359, which was our special show that we did on Monday, you can go to TruckTalking.com and find it. So check it out. While you're at TruckTalking.com, you will see a little blue talkback microphone in the bottom right-hand corner. You can click on that microphone and leave us a message. In fact, David himself used that very technique to leave us his review that you're going to hear a little bit later on. So you, too, can talk back to Trek Talking by visiting our website, leaving us a message. Also, while you're there, in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see the little blue Facebook logo. Click on that, and that'll take you right to our Facebook page. The very first post pinned to the top is asking you where you're listening from. And every week, I pick lucky listeners from all around the globe, and we read off your name so that everybody knows not only are you a Star Trek fan, but you're a Trek-talking fan. So, Eric, do you want to get us started with our fan shout-outs this week?
1: Oh, man, do I ever. We are going to spin that globe over to Europe, and we're going to go to that tiny, tiny country surrounded by all the other countries of Luxembourg. And we're saying hello this week to Diane Lauterbohr. Diane Lauterbor, thank you say, uh, for saying hello to us from Luxembourg. I, You now are the very first person that we have ever heard from from Luxembourg. So thank you so much for helping us put another dot on the Trek Talking map. And extending that support that you have for us uh, all the way to your country there. We really, really appreciate it. And thanks for saying hi. It was good to hear from you. (laughs) We're also saying hello this week to Armin Zingibel, who's saying hello to us from Bavaria, Germany. One of those areas, those regions that I would love to go to. I hear they have good donuts. No, 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 no. No, that's not it. That's that's (laughs) That's for David. (laughs) That's for David. (laughs) Thank you so much, Armin, for supporting our podcast over there in Germany. Hello this week, and kapla as well, to Luciana Puda. Luciana Puda is saying hello to us from Como, Italy, and sending us a little live long and prosper symbol. Uh, I haven't been to Como. I've been to a few other places, but uh, Paul and I are both big Italy fans, so Luciana, you live in a special place, and we understand that. Thank you so much for supporting our podcast. And last on my first list this week is Graznia Joanna. I think that's probably Joanna Graznia, uh, and they just flipped the names there on Facebook. So Joanna Graznia is saying hello to us from Poland. Peace and long life to you, Joanna. Thank you so much for saying hello to us. And Charles, I'm going to spin this globe, and you know what it does. It usually stops yep. in the U.S.,
3: Back over to the US, so welcome. And live long and prosper to Matthew Str- Strobel from your mouth, Maine. Originally from Portland, Oregon. As I said, he gives us that live long and prosper. Mike Thorne from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Welcome, Mike. Oh, top fan, Mimi Shield from Alabama. Oh, we got a race coming your way soon in NASCAR Mimi. And a welcome to Robert Teju Ford from Pine Mills, Texas. And he also gives us to live long and prosper. Dave's not here, so I'm going over to Jim.
2: Yeah, I'm going to try to fill those giant moccasins of David's. I'll do the best that I can for you guys. We want to say thank you to Anne-Michelle Sondro Carlson who's listening to us in Obita, Florida right here in the U.S. of A. We also want to say thank you and kabloh to Connie Williams who's listening to us in Doylestown, Ohio. We have top fan Jameson Everett who's listening to us in Medford, Oregon. Any idea where that might be? Oh, wait,
1: did you say did you say Oregon? Oregon, it's Oregon. Come on, come on, Jim. Oregon. Yeah, I've, I actually just drove through Medford on Monday morning, and then also Tuesday afternoon because I had to drive all the way down to Ashland. Medford is a really cool little town,
2: and it has an airport, but a very small one. <laughs> so you might you might have run into Jameson Everett.
1: I, it's very possible I did actually take a bathroom break there uh, right in Medford. So uh, perhaps Jameson and I, you know, took care of business uh, in, the, in the same place at the same time. You never know, man. You never
2: know. Wouldn't that just be awesome? Did you leave a truck talking <laughs> card in the bathroom when you left? Oh,
3: man. I wish I had. That's a great idea.
2: You can,
3: I
1: you should leave one in every one. single restroom I use. That is a, I love it. That's a great idea.
2: Everywhere I go, <laughs> I leave one. You can follow the trail <laughs> of trek talking cards and find me. <laughs> Where has
1: Jim been? I love it.
2: Where have I been? It's like, you you can find me very easily. And last on my list of David, we have top fan Bob J Thompson, who's listening to us in St. Louis, Missouri. And I'm going to turn it over to – I'm going to send it back to Eric.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Paul, Paul's not here. That's not exactly as uh, resonant as, as Dave's not here, but but Paul's not here. So this is also my list this week, uh, mostly because these are the hardest-to-pronounce names on our list this week. <laughs> so <laughs> please forgive me. Paul does a much better job. But first on Paul's list this week is Ayotor Alonzo Becerra's. Hello, Ayutor. You are saying hello to us from Bilbao, Spain, which is, of course, one of those very cool places I would love to go. I understand soccer is very important in that area, and you, uh, excuse me, football, and you send us a little flag from your country as well. So thank you so much, Ayutor, for supporting our podcast over there in Spain. Hello this week as well to top fan, Harris Semimovic, who is saying hello to us from Bosnia. You're never going to believe this, Harris. You are the second person this week to put another dot on our Trek talking map. We have never had anybody say hello to us from Bosnia. So as a top fan, that means you, of course, interact with us a ton on our Facebook page. And being from a country that is somewhat unique to the people who say hello to us, we really, really like a thousand percent appreciate all of the support that you're giving us. Thank you so much. Um, Kapla to you. We're also saying hello this week to Emma Nunez, who is saying hello to us from that little tiny tip right there in the Mediterranean, Gibraltar. That's right. You heard of the rock. It's a rock in a country. Emma is sending us a Gibraltar flag right there, which I was not even kind of aware of before now. But I went in and I looked at it in detail. It is really a beautiful flag. Thank you so much, Emma, for supporting our podcast over there right in that beautiful area of the world at the tip. Of the Mediterranean, and last on this list, we're saying hello this week to Uriel Robert L Delacourt from Belgium. Uriel, thank you so much for saying hello to us. I'm going to spin that globe back over to Jim, and I think he's going to bring it back to kind of his
2: hood, right? Oh, represent, don't you know? And uh, this is the same area, if you guys remember. Um, uh, well, uh, who's the guy? The guy that called last week. Um
1: yes. uh, uh which who talk. has called um, a few times and I can't quite remember his name, but yes. Yeah. I know who we know he's, who you're talking about. From, he
2: asked great questions. He's from Brooklyn. Yeah. And we also have our regular Ray who calls from the Bronx. So we have a lot of fans down in the New York City area. Eddie Vera, who's from New York City, flashing the Live Long and Prosper. And we we love to hear from our fans down in New York City. And you know, How can you be a top fan, you may ask? How are all these people getting top fan recognition? Well, it's very simple. talking is a very uh, fan-orientated podcast. We love to hear from you guys. And how do we do that? Mostly through our Facebook page. And if you go to our Facebook page, you will notice that I put up a lot of – we can't do polls anymore, but what I'll do is I'll put up a post and ask you, what did you think of this episode? on a scale of 1 to 10. Usually it's the current episode of Star Trek because that's where we get our fan scores from. But lately I've been putting up a lot of posts for older Star Trek episodes to see what you thought about, say, Carbon Creek, for instance, or Yesteryear from the animated series because we love to hear from you guys. So when you interact with us on our Facebook page by answering those, if you do that enough times, you can earn a top fan badge just like Eddie Vera did. I also want to say hello and thank you to Jessica Rush, who's listening to us, Ohio. Hello, everyone. Nice to meet you. I'm Jesse, Live Long and Prosper, flashing us to Live Long and Prosper. We are so glad to have you aboard, Jesse. Welcome. And another top fan, Dennis Colby, who is in Tucson, Arizona. And last, but definitely not least, on my list, we want to say hello and and thank you to Shane Edmund Wilkinson, who's listening to us in Vancouver, British Columbia. And that wraps up our fan shout-outs. If you'd like to be on a fan shout-out, just head over to our Facebook page and tell us where you're listening from. It's quick, it's easy, it's painless, and it's fun. So check it out. Uh, we do have a caller on the line, guys. Woohoo, I love it. I love call maybe it's the guy maybe it's the dude from oh. Australia. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> I, perhaps. Uh, I don't know. Let's see who we got here on the line. If my gremlins will cooperate with me. Good evening. Thank you for calling Shrek Talkin. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Uh
5: kablam, my mates. This, this brother Ray, Ray, what's hey, Ray! What's up, Ray? What's and happening, guys, Ray? Guys, thank you guys. I guys. I appreciate you guys giving me a shout-out. Yo, I'll get to my mom. I'll go to the movie, but yo, I appreciate the, the shout-out. And bet. I really love you, guys. I swear to God, I really love you.
1: We love you, too, bro. Thanks for always calling, yeah, us, man. We, we always appreciate yeah. chatting with
5: you. Yo, I mean, yo, I mean, this. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not fooling right now. But right now, you gave me a tear in my eye just Now you made my whole Thursday.
0: Awesome. <laughs> well, that's <good. laughs> No, I'm
5: serious, guys. I'm really that's serious. Awesome. You, made whole, you made my whole Thursday just now. Well I was, you, guys, you know, just been the other guy for you know since seven thirty seven a little while ago. And, and, and the gentleman, you know, he gave him that shout out to me. so like, "We're in a bunch of the I was like, "You know what? You know what? You guys really made me feel honored." but be with you every, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Every Thursday, you know, I'm making, you know, you know, I mean, you know one to go. but but you know what I'm saying? But I'm glad you guys put me in the Star Trek family, the podcast, I'm really glad they give me a shout. I'm really glad for it. And I
2: say I love you guys. I'm really glad for that. I, well, I we're glad to have you, my... Ray. And I just want to say, Ray, that, you know, I feel bad for the Yankees, um, but I I can feel your pain because the Mets are in the same place, my brother. So, you know we can wallow in the basement together. Hey,
5: wait. I got some. This way. way. I I said as I said that last year, the year before that. See, see, this, this, this thing is always like this, okay? The get swamped, and it's like it's like every year the same thing. How like right now? Like I'm doing football. right with my man, with you know, for the guest, got Andrew, everything else. because is a team with a team. And the funny part, I mean, and, and we to I, I don't even watch um the women basketball game, like, like you know, like to tell you know, you you know, Liberty. Now they got. I mean, I mean, I mean, they got a little squad going on right by now. But no, 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 no. In the day, someone down the way is always always in the gym. We're the, the losers. You know what I'm saying? So I'm
2: not even winning. I hear you, right? I That's hear you. That's true. And, you know, as a
1: Red Sox fan, I identify with both of you guys because we all been on top and we all been on bottom. Although the Mets a little bit less so on top.
2: but Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. Exactly. Uh, but, I mean, I'm, but
5: I'm a 5 fan, a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, fan a, too, a, so I I'm just missed mess- it. thing. T- this is the only you know what? I think Paramount should give you a sponsor, 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 sponsor for the show. I'm serious, I'm serious about that. Yeah. I, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm serious. No, I, I'm,
2: serious. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm no, serious. Totally. Yeah, we agree. Yep. yep, yep. If, if Paramount is listening, you can well, start I'm sending us some cash anytime you want. Anytime. <laughs>
1: anytime. Ready. Yeah, that's I
2: mean, it. Let's
5: see. What you got to go on top I want to like like I said right now. It's like raining, is cold as hell out here right now uh. in the Bronx. Probably uh. I mean, you, know, you 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 know sort of that. But I you, is you know, if you're supposed to be paramount, I don't mind to get that. I want to be there with guys who you know get us supposed to Like I say, like I say, like I say, you say, you gotta do a a good job on a radio podcast. You know what I'm saying? You want blow? I mean, you blow higher? And try it, Cause trust me, you guys, we you you really deserve that. Oh, Seriously.
1: man, that's awesome, Ray. No, well,
5: thank you so much. Well, well
2: Ray, we, we are very grateful that, that you found us and that you're part of a Star Trek family, and you're always welcome here.
0: hmm
2: No problem. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, one more
5: thing. Yeah, I, I wanted to do the, uh, the DVD of Switching World. Yes, yeah, you're right. It comes out on December 5th.
2: Oh, yeah. December 5th.
5: Yeah, I'll find out. But I said, guys, you guys do a good job. You know what I'm saying? And I said, once you're sponsored like this, let me know. I will be in a heartbeat and celebrate your party. That before, <laughs> say, you got honor. You got nice. honor. You know, the got honor. guys go, go by honor. Party in and the brooch. <laughs> I, 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 I love y'all. I love you I love you Right,
0: like every day
5: too, Ray. <laughs> awesome. Yep. You know, it does a favor to me. You mean my Every Every day I come home from work, I got a hard day. I come home and see so, so you guys. You guys release me for all my stress for my job, and I say yeah, I appreciate that, it like that. So I say, I'm, That's I'm, so I'm. I'm. i I'm, I'm. 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 leaving this point. Come fly, my brothers. Come
2: fly, Ray. Come fly. That's a Blessed care. Ka-plah. Awesome. Take, Take you, Ray. Have a good one, buddy. Bye-bye. You too. Well, guys, that was Ray. Ray's down in the Bronx. And like I said, we have a lot of listeners down in New York City. And Ray is just, just one of the many. But he takes advantage and gives us a call, just like you can do right now. Six four two four three three, And we're going to be talking about Star Trek, Lower Decks, Something Borrowed, Something Green. And that would be last week's episode, not the one that's on right now. And we are a week behind intentionally because, as you heard from our fan shout-outs, we have a lot of listeners that aren't here in the United States, and we want to make sure that everybody has a chance to enjoy Star Trek equally when you listen to Trek talking. So we do that by design. All right, Eric. So last week I put up a post on our Facebook page, and I asked our Facebook fans to score something borrowed, something green, on a scale of 1 to 10 with 10 being the best. And what did our Facebook fans have to say? Well,
1: Jennifer Josie Enwall said, I would give it a solid nine. Tendy is one of my favorite characters, and it was so refreshing to see a female-centered storyline. Three stars. I think that's out of four. So thank you so much, Jennifer Josie Enwall. Philip Marvel said a solid seven wasn't bad, but it felt more like a bottle episode. Thanks, Philip. Top fan Eric Nagamine said seven. Solid outing. Great to see Tendi's backstory. Plus, love that Talin shows compassion towards Tendi. Great addition to Lower Decks. Deb Lavassour gave it a 10. Whereas David Hill said maybe a two. Kathleen Heath said I love all Star Trek Lower Decks. Is my least love. However, this season has been very good. I would give it an eight. Thanks, Kathleen. John K. Underly said, 10. Orion's are awesome. Lower Decks excels at crown slash flavor for all these Star Trek races. Dustin S. Wing gave it a five. Orion was great. The B-plot about eating Keiko's bonsai tree is the worst plot in Lower Decks history. Roderick Sigler Jr. said, I give it a six. The Brotherford subplot was kind of lame to me and dragged on without being all that funny. Tendy got back home to her home planet. That was comedy, especially Mariner getting stabbed in the shoulder every other scene. (laughs) One of my favorite parts, Roderick. Thank you. (laughs) And Charles S. Scott gave it a very specific 8.45 down to the hundreds there. Um, And that, you guys, gives us a fan score this week of 7.3, which is pretty respectable. Uh, definitely better than last week. I actually was having a hard time finding our I, our numbers are in here. Oh, yeah, here they are. Uh, so, yeah, uh, 7.3, technically the lowest score from the fans. That's kind of interesting. So last week's In the Cradle of Vexelon was a 7.5, two tenths lower this week. Um, so, yeah. Uh, before we talk about it, we should probably take care of some other stuff, right, guys?
2: Yeah, unfortunately, guys, I I was really busy. I didn't get a chance to uh, throw together any trivia for your guys. But that's okay, because we still have a dead man.
3: Okay. <clears throat> well, I may help answer some of your trivia questions. Let's start right off with TOS, Whom Gods Destroy, Season 3, Episode 14. Marta, our first Orion that we really get to see outside of the the cage episode. Then, of course, we move on to the animated series, The Pirates of Orion, Season 2, Episode 1. Then we get a long, dry spell all the way to Enterprise. Bound, Season 4, Episode 17. Our first Orion's back. And the first mention of the pheromones of the female Orions. Discovery, Season 3, the Orion Syndicate. I think we remember that season. On the lower decks, uh, season two, episode one, six, second contact. Tendy is the first Orion in Starfleet. Lower decks. We'll always have Tom Paris, season two, episode three. That's Tendy and Mariner's first visit to Orion. Strange in the world. Of our favorite episodes, the old o- those old scientists, season two, episode seven. We learn about Tendy's grandmother. Star Trek: Next Generation, times arrow parts one and two, season five, episode season six, episode one. Here's our reference to Mark Twain,
0: mm-hmm.
3: Samuel Clements. That's where we got the reference from Samuel Clements in this in this episode. Back when they went in the past and actually got to meet him. Next generation Allegiance. Season three, episode eighteen. Shalnoff. The race is the same as the captain of the other ship. But that's where we meet the Shalnoff. And Voyager the Raven, season four, episode six. Can run off to in her hiding place? A Raven class ship. That is the same type of ship Annika Hansen, better known as 7M9, travels a child and her parents were captured by the Borg. Of course, somebody mentioned I didn't think about the fact that Ever mentioned Keiko's uh, bonsai plant. I didn't think about that one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of a surprise to me because the bonsai thing was, was whatever it was. But then when somebody mentioned Keiko from our listeners, I was like, oh, that's right. I forgot she yeah. kept that thing.
3: <laughs> exactly. Yep. So, man, and so, then I, I didn't even clue on about the few weapons and artifacts we saw on the Orion
0: ship. Mhm.
2: So Eric, since Paul isn't with us and since you're out in Oregon, would you like to read Paul's and give his score for this episode?
1: Yeah, Paul definitely left us his kind of thoughts on this mess or on this episode. He said something borrowed, something green score for him would be a six. It felt really meandering and overlong, and for me, the pacing just dragged. Loved Tendy, but she deserved better. So Paul gave it kind of a, you know, six is a pretty lukewarm response, I'd say.
2: All right. Well, I also have the uh, time-traveling message that David recorded for us on trektalking.com, which you can do as well. So let's see what David had to say.
6: Podcast log, star date, September 27, 2023, midnight, Omar. Well, I just wanted to say that this episode really was probably one of the best ones I've seen so far. And I definitely, definitely like the ongoing humor of Mariner getting stabbed in the same spot over and over again. (laughs) It just made me laugh so much, (laughs) especially after the third time that happened. She was like, nope, uh -uh, nope, I'm going to stay over here. (laughs) So, yeah, that whole scene was really, really, uh, that's what made it for me for this episode. But honestly, I think the entire trip of exploring the Orion culture also was kind of interesting too. I mean, I've never even heard of that word before, but hump dungeon was one of my favorite words now to come think of it <laughs> but yeah, I don't know uh maybe not favorite, <laughs> but still <clears throat> um other than that i'm uh, I think this episode definitely had a um a balance of humor and intrigueness all at the same time because. Yeah, I'm going to give this – well, okay, I'm going to do another record. P.S. Wouldn't it be weird if I called during the Thursday episode? Well, here's me saying hi to future me. Sorry about that. Apparently, I ran out of time on the 120 seconds. I think we should make this a little bit longer. I don't know. Anyways. Um, as I was saying that it, it had a mix between humor and intrigueness because of the iran culture, and I really enjoyed the the lines it had really good lines mariner had really good writing um Tendy had pretty good writing uh, I mean, even tolin the whole gr- <laughs> the girl trip that they took on was this entire episode it's, it's just really made, I mean, I watched it multiple times, so to me it was just like, yeah, this, this episode was definitely one of my top fives that I'm going to be putting up there, but um technically I can't really think of any bad things. I've been doing a lot of packing lately and I'm sorry for sort of late recording, but um yeah, to me, I'm definitely, definitely thinking I might give this one, of course, yeah, I guessed it, a 10 out of 10. However, if I could go higher, but I can't. So, yeah, 10 for me. All right, have fun, guys. Uh, I guess I'll see you next Thursday. Also, I just wanted to let you guys know how fun it is to push this blue button. It's really fun. I'm I'm really addicted, or I got really bored. I'm not sure, but (laughs) all right, I, I guess I'll see you guys later.
2: Uh, the blue button he's talking about is the talkback <laughs> mic button that you can find on TrekTalking dot So David gave us a ten, Paul gave it a six. So already there's a huge disparity amongst our Trek experts. We have with us online right now, live, uh, one of our original Trek experts who hasn't been around for a while. So I think I'm going to let Nathan jump in and tell us what he thought about this episode. Like I said, we have a 10 and we have a 6. I'm wondering if Nathan's going to be below or in between or where he's going to come in on this one. So take it away, Nathan. Uh,
4: Well, as I said in in my intro, uh, I felt that this was the best uh, episode of this season yet. Uh, I couldn't stop laughing. I I, I have not laughed at a Star Trek episode. in a long, long time. Um, I mean, uh, Strange New Worlds for me has uh, been a drag this season, uh, overall. Uh, and the first part of, uh, of uh, Lower Decks has i have been, I thought episode two was the best of uh, the Lower Decks episode until I watched this one. I just loved the hell out of it. Um, yes uh, eric brought up the uh the knife uh hidden mariner all the time that i i just i bust out laughing every time that was it was <laughs> brought a smile to my face i i, I just love this episode um i uh can i don't know if i have any uh, i mean i guess that's the a plot the uh, the the whole bonsai uh, tree thing i guess would be the the b-plot but i did enjoy the uh the samuel clemens duel off there in the holodeck uh so um yeah i i overall enjoyed both uh i definitely thought that the orion half of the episode was the better half of it though um and uh yeah it was everything about the the whole uh, about the orion side was was spot on uh I am going to give this episode a 9 uh, which I don't oh give out very
0: often. That's big um, and big. Wow. And I and I
4: never give out 10s, so um this is as close to a 10 as you can get from me and uh yeah, the the only I don't think I gave even well, no, I think first season Strange New Worlds I think I gave a couple 9s, but uh it's very rare and uh, yeah, just love this episode. By far the the best episode of the season for me. Wow. Whoa. Charles, can you follow
2: that up? Wow.
3: Well, well, I, I actually took some notes this time and I think I need to be like Eric and take a few notes occasionally. One of many lines. But I do agree. I like to little straight comments. She's amazing. Celebrating a lack of purpose is illogical. <laughs> Let's celebrate not having anything to do. <laughs> Did anybody notice the shuttlecraft's name as it landed?
2: No. What was, was it? Was it, it Sequoia? Nope. Sequoia?
3: What was it? No. Yosemite two.
2: Oh yeah. So I
3: actually, fr- I actually I actually free I actually froze the frame and got just right where I could read it.
5: Awesome. I love it. Yeah. But Okay, who wants a
3: round of the Orion drinking game?
1: The most amazing concept for like a Star Trek game that we have seen in a long time and I can see that actually making its way into future Star Trek because that was so cool how that worked out.
3: Yeah, that was an interesting game up there. Uh, as as one of my comments at the bottom. How many times did Myrna get stabbed in the shoulder?
0: <laughs> at least because
3: three. Because I gather she must have been stabbed, <laughs> stabbed at least once. At once, maybe several times at the wedding.
0: <laughs> and he said,
3: oh, we're going to be getting stabbed at the dance. So, okay, how many show... Okay, got to go visit the doc. I got a major shoulder injury. <laughs>
1: oh, God. We need a count, Charles. We need you to do, like, a count over well, the seasons. We
3: had... <laughs> there were at least three on screen.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We don't know how many off screen there were. But okay, here's I think coming up the big question that I thought of at the beginning of this episode. We have this unknown ship that goes in and blasts other ships. The question I've got is how shield
0: ship controls?
1: Sorry, Charles. I because have to tell it, you, on on this end, buddy, you just broke up a ton, so can you just repeat what you said?
3: Okay. How does an unknown ship, at the beginning of the episode, bypass shields and get past ship controls?
1: Yeah, the, the control, the like the ship control shutdown thing, that yeah. only one because thing... There is there is a little bit of a connection here if you start to think about it, right, Charles?
4: Well, there's been three. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, there's been what three times now that it's destroyed uh, ships. It hasn't destroyed a Federation one yet, but I guess uh, I guess the Cerritos will will put a stop to that uh, all that destruction here probably in the next couple episodes. I would think.
1: And I can only think of one instance in Star Trek where something came in and, like, made everything else inoperable and unable to defend against itself. Anybody else remember anything like that?
4: That, that, That's not a whale probe. uh, (laughs) That
1: looks not like a
4: whale probe. No, but
1: what if it's a whale probe (laughs) shuttle or something? Like, what if it's connected to the whale probe somehow? That's what I think. Mm. Well...
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb, a really far limb, and because I'm part of the uh, the agenda, the massive Star Trek conspiracy, <laughs> conspiracy agenda, right, um, right, right. I I can say these things because Paramount's paying me to say them. So I'm gonna go way out on a limb and I'm gonna dangle this out there. I think it's dun, 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 badgy. <laughs> oh really? I'm gonna you say. Think so? it. I think it's badgy. That's what I think. Why? Why do you think that? Because I think it's Badgie because they're, they're, they're putting out a Badgie action figure and a Badgie doll, and they have a Badgie pin, and they're really pushing Badgie on us. And I'm thinking they're not going to be doing that if Badgie's not going to be making a big comeback. So um, I'm thinking it's Badgie. So you think the Badgy AI... I be wrong.
1: Well, I mean, so, no, let's be specific. So you think the Badgie, like, AI or whatever it is, the program, the Badgie program, is is in the ship that we're seeing that's det- destroying yep.
2: things? Yep, I think it's Badgie. I think Badgie found a way to, re- to come back and get revenge. Very interesting. interesting. All right. Interesting. I could be completely uh- wrong. You know, maybe Paramount didn't pay me last week, so I'm throwing lies out there. I don't know, but uh yeah, I think it's bad. Or they
4: are paying you to throw out lies. Ooh. There we go, the red oh, hair. That's, <laughs> that's right. So Charles,
1: what else that's what right. else you got on this episode here?
3: Oh, that's about it. What I grabbed um the Erica is definitely an interesting character. I think we'll be interested to get more details about him. What do people think about walking in and seeing the palace?
1: Oh man! Oh, I mean, like, get... well, I, had we heard before this episode? Sorry to ask a question, but had we heard before this episode that Tendy's family was the fifth largest family in the Orion uh,
4: syndicate? I can't remember I don't if think we had. So. I don't think we, we had heard that. Yeah, so I think it was, she only had she only had a title that she didn't like people uh, calling her, as far as I remember.
1: Yeah, so to me, it was totally appropriate that when we see, I mean, I'll get into my thoughts on the planet and everything, but it was totally appropriate to see a palace like that.
2: So what's so overall, your what's Charles? your rating?
1: Yeah, Charles, yeah. what do you think? Uh…
3: I was thinking about an 8.5, but I think I'm going to bump it up. I think I'm going to do an 8.8. There
1: we go.
2: 8.8. Paul Paul would be very proud of you. He would. No, he would would actually be very (laughs) upset. He he would would,
1: be very upset with an (laughs) (laughs)
2: 8.8. Well, how about you, Eric? You want to jump in next?
1: Oh, man, I'm kind of on board with you guys. I really like this episode. I mean, there were so many ways that it was hitting for me. The whole Talin thing, like, every single line that she delivered was golden mm-hmm. <laughs> and absolutely appropriate for the moment. Um, at, Talin is my favorite Lordex character. Like, she's just – her, like, straight guy – Sort of persona that brings the comedy out of everybody else is just genius um, writing wise. I actually, so every everybody knows that the Tendi plot was amazing. Like I, I, I literally gave this episode a seven just just for the whole Tendi plot because I thought it was really well executed. I thought we got a lot of background on Orion. There is enough information on the home planet in this episode to actually drive future canon for star trek so to me with that this is almost like a a turning point for animated star trek because all animated star trek before now has actually been based on the live action stuff you know with embellishments or whatever but to me this episode actually gave us a ton of information that we didn't previously have i mean If you look back about the Orions, we have mentions here and there throughout TOS and various other series. Probably Star Trek Enterprise actually gave us the most information about uh, Orions until we got the whole season three of Discovery. This episode to me shows us the home world, shows us how how we get different types of Orions, like the the one guy was referencing the guys with the bumps on their head, the little studs that get attached to their heads, which are, of course were the Orions from Star Trek Enterprise. They talk about the pheromones and the belly dancing and all that stuff, which of course is TOS Orions. Um, they hit like all the Orion stuff, and then they gave us a ton more information. So I think, like I said, that the future Star Trek is going to look back to Lower Decks and actually say, oh. That's canon, and now I have to follow what that animated series told me to follow, Mm -hmm. which is totally unique
2: (laughs) in Star Trek. And and, and Eric, Eric, don't forget David's favorite term, Hump Dungeon.
1: (laughs) 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 I I was so surprised David said that, but yeah, that was a great term. So the whole Tendi plot like the whole Orion thing was amazing. And then I've I've read online that a lot of people didn't like the the Mark Twain thing and I think Paul maybe felt like it went on a little bit long. I have to tell you that I thoroughly enjoyed the Mark Twain thing. Uh the way just them bantering back and forth in that sort of like bad southern accent was enough to just keep me giggling the, the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, all the references they were using um yeah I can't even remember what they were saying, but they're like they were constantly over complimenting one another, which is part of that that kind of era <laughs> um so yeah i I thoroughly loved both plots um uh, you know the the Ten d one is probably like seventy percent of the episode, and the the other one's probably like thirty percent, but that was good. There were some deep dives, you know um what was the race uh, that you mentioned there charles the the guy from the race from allegiance um yeah he's he was in there so if you hadn't seen that one episode of tos you wouldn't know who that was. Not. yeah yeah so to me like lower decks continues to sort of deliver on multiple levels where it gives the the good kind of star trekky story and then it does character development, which obviously Kendi like, gigantic leaps in terms of her character development and the whole development of her race uh, in this episode. And then it also uh, is just funny and self-referential. So, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I thought um, I thought it was great. Uh, I can't remember what I gave the first episode because I loved Tuvix quite a bit too, but I give this episode an 8.5. It was outstanding.
2: All right. Well, that only leaves yours truly, Uncle Jim, to bring up the caboose, and I'm going to do that. I just want to say that uh, two negatives, um, because I haven't heard a lot of negatives, other than from Paul, who we didn't hear any negatives from because he's not actually here. So first, I think I love Talyn. I got to get that out of the way. I think she's a a, a great addition to the show. I love her. And by the way, the actress that voices her is going to be making her first convention appearance at Trek Long Island on my birthday, June 1st, next year. Truck Talking will be there. So I'm looking forward to meeting her and talking with her. So that's really, really cool. Far has sacrificed a character, which I haven't heard anybody mention so far, and that was Mariner's girlfriend, Jennifer. he has been absent. And it seems to me like they've written that character out and given us to And that's fine with me. I just missed the Andorian and the whole interaction with Mariner, but that's cool. Cause Talin is absolutely awesome. I don't I, remember
1: Jim, where did we leave it with Jennifer?
2: Was it on the, good terms or. The, the last time I, I, I don't, think we've seen her since Mariner ran around the, the, the room there when they had the candle-burning party there, or whatever you called it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's the last time we saw the Andorian, Jennifer. <laughs> um, but, that, but you know, Talen's a great character, too. Um, but the um, um, Clemens thing is when they had the captain come down and do the Clemens thing. And I thought, that kind of pushed it a little bit too far well but
1: but jim what that does is it shows you that they are the lower deck so they tried something and it completely failed (laughs) and that's what i liked about it was that you're not gonna get the like captain picard solution that's absolutely perfect for the moment right you're gonna get like a bunch of people who like get it right 70 percent of the time and then 30 percent of the time it's hilarious and they fail
2: yeah, I, I just didn't. I just it just didn't sit well with me that one scene. But other than that, I absolutely. I'm with you guys. I loved the episode. I, I thought that um, it was it was fun from beginning to end. And then I laughed and laughed and laughed every single time Mariner got stabbed with the knife. Oh my it god! Just, every time. I just, like, after the
1: first first time, you're like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then the second time it happens, you're like, oh, this is a thing. And then the third time, I was rolling. It was so good.
2: She goes, I'm going to go hide over here. (laughs) I'm going to go hide (laughs) over in the corner behind (laughs) all this stuff. And the knife ricochets, bounces, and finds her. (laughs) I was just laughing so hard. Um, I do love what they did with the Orions. And one of the things that I think is really awesome that Star Trek excels at, we now know that every Orion isn't exactly the same as every other Orion. Right, they, and this episode brought together
1: with, like all the different franchises. It brought together the Enterprise yeah. Orions with the TOS Enterprise, uh, Orions. Sorry. Right. We,
2: we, we now know that all Orion women don't run around while throwing out her, uh, pheromones and pheromones. controlling everybody with these wild desires like, like we've been led to believe. There are different uh, I don't know what you branches. Uh not branches, um cast d- uh, you know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah just different there's, types there's well, different, I mean Yeah, there's different types of and some Orions don't have any pheromones. Like the one lady was spraying it out of a can, you know? Um, you know,
1: that could be like a regional thing. Like if you think about it, you know, humans have uh, maybe different things that are based on regional stuff. Maybe Orions have pheromones based on where they come from or what environment they're in. Or I don't want to headcanon Orions too much here, but there's got to be a reason that some of them – or maybe it's just genetics, I guess.
2: Some have it, yeah, some don't. And, yeah, the, the, the one part that, just, that also started me laughing so hard is when they're carrying Talyn, Tendi, and Mariner on their backs and they bring them in, and the family comes out, and, and, I, and she goes, I'm queen dominatrix of the south, leader of the ruler, the matriarch of the banks, your high majesty, the queen of Orion, you may kiss my feet. And then Tendi says, and this is my father, Bert. And I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) He's got got this huge (laughs) – hi, I'm Bert. But it was spelled
1: spelled funny, too. It had like an apostrophe in it, right?
2: Yeah, it it was like like B B. apostrophe. And I'm like, oh, my God. And they're all talking about all this stuff. And he's like, just like, yeah, man, like I'm going to go over and have a taco later, dude. And like you can come and join me if you want. And he's talking like a guy named Bert. And they're carrying on about – all this this stuff and he's just talking about oh by the way tendy we got some crap in the garage we want you to get rid of it And it was yep. completely the opposite of what everyone else was talking about and i was just i it was i found that part to be hilarious i just i was cracking up bert i was like oh my god an orion named bert and just, i found that a hilarious. hilarious. but um I, I loved it. I loved it. And I'm with you guys. And um, I am going to score this episode a 9.4. No, you no In honor of Paul, in honor of Paul, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, because he's not with us. he gonna, would be mad at us.
0: <laughs> right. So
2: in honor of Paul, I'm going to score it a 9.6.
0: How's that?
2: <laughs> 9.6. I love that, and I'm really looking forward to uh, next week uh, to watching the one tonight after the podcast uh, because I, I'm with you guys. I never laughed at a Star Trek episode so hard in my life as I did with this one. Um, and, you know, it, it's so, sometimes Star Trek doesn't have to be all serious. It doesn't have to always be ethical and, and challenge us. Sometimes, sometimes, Star Trek can be fun, and that's what this episode was. It, it lifted your spirits, and it just made you laugh. And a good laugh is good for the soul. So I loved this episode, immensely. So Charles, you have all of our scores. We have the fan scores. How did the truck spurs do when compared to our Facebook fans? Well, let's
3: just say I think we got a new favorite. This week, whereas the fans scored a seven point three, Post gave it an eight point six five. Ooh! Wow! This is now the second. This this beats the eight point four four on "I Have No Bones Yet I Must Leave."
2: (laughs) Awesome! So we got. I blame that on Nathan. I'm going to blame it all on Nathan. What?
4: Yeah. yeah. He he usually, did like, you say the up- other <laughs> highest episode was episode two, which was two. the other one that I liked the most? No.
3: No, the highest wow. one that's the, the bonus yeah. one, right? Dude, that's monsters. what he yeah. said. Yeah, yeah that's episode. And the yep. second one is
0: an eight point
4: four four. Yeah. Right. So there so you, that you go, was Nate. The second you, highest among you got the, the pulse, host, man. Correct?
1: You got the pulse.
4: Yeah, <laughs> there you go. It's Turns out Nate knows what's Nate's fault. I'm blaming <laughs> it on me. <Nate. laughs> All right, I'll, I'll take the blame for for the two highest uh, for people agreeing with it, you. <laughs> there you go.
2: <laughs> I love
0: it.
1: It's
2: awesome. Oh boy. Well, guys, uh, I hate. I really feel bad to do this to you. I really. Oh do. no. Oh but, no. We got to bring us down, don't we? <laughs> we, we I got to do it. I. I. This. This is to prove to you guys that, that are thinking that I'm part of this global conspiracy to push lousy Star Trek on people and collect my paycheck from Paramount. Well, okay. We're going to talk about last week's very short trek called Worst Contact. And as if it's not bad enough that we're going to go short, I play them for you. So uh, against my better judgment, uh, here it is, Very Short Trek's Worst Contact. Commanding Officer's log, Stardate 2252. Today is an exciting day as we meet a new species.
4: Our warp drive works! Soon we'll be able to travel to stars!
2: Greetings. I'm Commanding Officer Riker of the USS Enterprise.
6: Do not be alarmed.
4: Your people have just developed warp drive technology, meaning you are advanced enough to join the Federation of Planets.
6: We call it
2: First Contact.
4: You mean there is alien
5: life out there?
2: Yes, there are thousands of species ready to meet you. Welcome.
4: Praise be! We're not alone in the universe! We've been working for years on a way to travel the stars to find friends, and now the friends have come to us! Let us shake hands! Uh... Is something wrong?
6: Well, uh... uh, Did you, um, just pick your nose with
4: a hand? Of course! Picking our nose is a sign of respect among our people. We believe boogers represent our essence and bind us to all things.
2: Now they're wiping it on their... Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Oh, no.
4: It is important we respect their customs, Bill. Yeah,
2: I know. But come on, Beverly. You go shake their hand, then.
4: I think it should be the commanding officer. That's you. And what's that smell?
2: We must celebrate with our national
4: dish. <laughs> Leftover fish cooked in microwaves.
2: We look forward
1: to coming aboard your ship to microwave fish in your break rooms for all your crew.
4: Soon your cramped halls will be sick with the smells of microwaved leftover fish as we watch reality TV around the clock. Which is our custom.
2: Reality TV? Did you wash your hands before you made this?
4: What is this? Wash your hands? Oh! You say we have so much to learn from each other! Oh no! You forgot to add the sauce.
2: Oh, no. Um,
4: look, Gorn invaders. What?
0: Oh, no. Our warp drive
1: ruined.
2: Oh, guess it wasn't quite ready. Anyway, ping us when you have another one.
1: Better yet, we'll call you. At least let us give you our customary goodbye of blinking
4: your eyeballs. Where'd they go?
2: um okay so my eyes aren't bleeding because i'm not watching it but my ears are bleeding because i had to listen to it again so um i don't even know where to start just There's let me nothing say, to talk about okay
0: <laughs> uh
2: what's our fans it, it, i so eric what's in our facebook fan before we talk about it let's see if our facebook fans are part of the global conspiracy too All right, Uh,
1: yeah, sure. Top fan Donnie Hochmuth Lee said, so bad, (laughs) all of them so far, and I enjoy almost all track, negative 10. This counts as a one. (laughs) Thanks, Danny. (laughs) Top fan Gabriel Kyra said, I'm not the target audience of very short tracks. Rating them is impossible for me since I'm only capable of giving them a zero so far. And I feel that any rating from one to 10 is absurd. So, of course, counts as a one. Top fan Jim Pence said about a seven. Top fan Craig Rogers said, unfortunately, I'm not really enjoying these at all. The style of humor is just a bit crass, and it just doesn't work in the context of Star Trek. In my opinion, zero, this counts as one. Peter Machovitz gave it a 1, and Lucy A. Sink gave it a 2, a tie with the second episode and ahead of the first. Who ever thought these things were a good idea? This, guys, gives us a record fan score for any Star Trek we've ever reviewed of all time, of 2.2. 2. It is the worst Star Trek we've ever watched, you guys, ever ever ever
2: and and that is very skewed because the one guy gave it a seven
1: <laughs> you're right it should have been below a two <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: um so yeah so um if you guys want to watch these they are not available on paramount plus because they're not official star trek canon you can find them the way you can go right to youtube and just type in short very short treks it'll pop right up or you can go to our Facebook page because I have them all listed right there for you guys to score Um, but really don't waste your time (laughs) that's just okay just just skip it and have a happy life and just go on with your life don't even bother but um, so yeah who wants to go Charles you want to go first I know this is one of your favorites (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> uh,
3: no, I was more enjoying this week's episode, the, the next episode um, yeah. normally Eric and I I like it because we usually give like a five to start off with and kind of build off from there it's like okay let's start with a five and then the nose deal I think brings it down to a four I just thinking about that fish in a microwave so nasty and I think the only thing the only thing worse than somebody cooking seafood in a microwave in a work microwave is somebody who burns popcorn and that's dropping it to a three and I guess I'll be nice and leave it there. The whole three. This was wow. not. I'm glad I couldn't see this one because, oh, I don't want to look at that one again. I've seen it once and that was enough.
2: Yeah. And my eyes stopped bleeding. So that's that, you know. Wow. All right, Eric, you you want to jump in next? We got a 3.
1: Yeah, uh for sure, Jim. Uh you know how I always like to give very introspective and uh meaningful reviews to Star Trek and like always look for the best in Star Trek. And uh what I will say is that I believe wholeheartedly that the credits to this episode were actually better than the episode. Um there was nothing of value here. <laughs> it wasn't funny uh... like that's all i have to say i think their intent was to make it funny Uh, it's actually surprising to me that some of these actors would maybe they didn't like i don't know maybe they just didn't understand how it was going to play out or whatever but it just it just wasn't funny it was
3: actually actually i want to throw a comment in here is this is a prime example of why you hear so much ships researching planets before they go and visit them. Yeah. You hear about, oh, I got to go through all these procedures. I got all these formal things I have to do to go down there. They know what they're doing when they go down there. And it's like, okay, this is an early example of visiting a planet and realizing how not to have a first contact.
1: Well, and I think, Charles, that that might kind of be the the whole like purpose of these very short treks. Like, I don't think these... I, I, it was the very first one I think they mentioned, they were like, listen, this isn't canon, right? So you right. shouldn't watch these and consider them to actually have happened in the Star Trek universe. But the question to me then is, okay, if they're not canon, then what is the purpose? And I think that they're maybe maybe there are folks who find this type of like humor funny i'm i'm not sure but but booger humor and um you know people like just existing at a very sub uh insubstantial level in starfleet you know I- interacting with uh aliens like it was just too far outside canon for me actually it wasn't even funny enough to be self-referential and and funny because it was ironic i think like maybe that's what they were going for i think they were sort of going for like a okay what if it was an ironic situation and you know starfleet really didn't want to touch the hands of the booger people or whatever but but that's just not I
2: don't know, man. It just didn't
1: resonate with me.
2: So what are you what are you gonna what are you gonna go with for a score? Oh,
1: so and? yeah, so I I have to give this a score. <laughs> well, um I don't believe in Well zeros. yeah
3: well we do we will take a zero <laughs> and count as a one.
1: Well I don't I don't believe in zeros and I and I think it could have been worse. Um, maybe like if they had done this episode not voiced by any of the official actors, maybe that would have been a one. So I'll give it a two, but I feel like that's being extremely generous.
2: Yeah, well, I'll. Uh, Nate, did you get a chance to watch this? Do you want to jump in here?
4: No, no, I haven't watched any of these. Like I told you guys earlier, I thought uh, you would have to watch it on Paramount Plus, and I couldn't find it there. So, yeah, I haven't watched any of these.
2: Well, you're but not missing anything,
4: buddy. The audio, <laughs> by the audio, it didn't sound so bad to me. Uh, but uh, I, you know, I haven't seen the visual. that way. Maybe so. it's
1: meant to be like an audio play or something. Maybe, maybe we should just only listen to them and not watch them. And not watch
4: them. <laughs> I don't know. There, there you so go. I challenge my... you guys for next week to do that.
2: Don't watch it. Just listen. Well, just
4: listen. Yeah. So
2: here's the thing. It's supposed to be a celebration of the animated
4: series. Right.
2: I'm not seeing it. They have poo pooed it. Poo-pooed it. I, I'm it's not. Been, no,
1: no, they've done the opposite. Just, they've made fun of it at every moment they it's could. It's just
2: not. The opening it's credits the are as so close upsetting. to the animated series. They even got the same green planet and and everything. But which is Then it nose from yeah. there. Um, yeah. Eric touched on it. If it wasn't if it wasn't Frakes and Gates doing the voices. This would be a zero for me or yep. a one. Okay, yep. uh, she does call. She does use the wrong name in the episode. That got a little <laughs> bit of a chuckle from me. Call bill, <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, yep. Not enough to save it, but a little bit. Um, but yeah, this is like 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 adolescence, like dick and fart jokes and booger jokes. And it's, it's worse than Beavis and ButtHead. I, I would, you know what? If Beavis and Butt had showed up, going, oh, "Cool," he said, "Booger." Oh, cool. It would, would make it whacked. better. It would make that it would have been better. Okay, <laughs> that would have been better. That's how bad this was, and and I'm having such a hard time wrapping my head around why Paramount, the official IP owners of Star Trek, would pay for this crap. Trash. I don't understand it. Absolute it's totally garbage. There's nothing redeeming in any of it. They're not remotely funny. They don't have any ethics or values of Star Trek. They're not enjoyable to watch. They don't even give you a chuckle. Um, other than the animation style being you know, that of the original animated series, there's no absolutely no connection at all to anything Star Trek other than that. Well, and the characters being voiced by the actual actors, I which don't understand. Which is so,
1: it. which is so special, Jim. Like, I—that's the thing that I can't figure. You gotta figure that these actors read the scripts and agreed to do them, for they read them. Wait, right? they had
2: scripts. There were scripts.
1: What?
4: Wow. <laughs> no, but, but like, seriously,
1: like, like—is it just a? I, I'm trying. Like, what I feel they're trying to trying—they're trying to connect to a different audience or maybe a different um way of thinking about star trek and at least with this small group of fans here who have a voice guys you have failed um the, these these things are not super funny the two big vi- like for me the two bits vi- one was c- kind of funny for a lot of you guys the second episode with the with moopsie was great uh that's awesome but there's nothing that's really, really sticking and making us want to watch these episodes over and over again, which I think is the essence of Star Trek, right? If I, like, if I really love Star Trek, I want to watch the episode again. In fact, I would say on this podcast, we tend to watch episodes two and three times before we actually review them because most of the time they're pretty good. Not so here, yeah. right?
2: No, I suffered <laughs> through it once. And, <laughs> and that was that all it. I never again. I'm going to forget. Well, <laughs> ever existed, never going to talk I will, about I it. Will, um,
3: I will tease the fans next week.
2: Mm-hmm. I
3: think the scores are going to be higher. <laughs>
2: yeah. Thank you. Um, a, a good friend might, of the, of the podcast, will, he, Aaron Walkie, who uh, was the main writer on Star Trek Prodigy. He wrote next week, uh, well, the, the one that was on t- on Wednesday, he wrote that episode. It's the shortest short track coming in at 2 minutes But, But I'm going to tell you guys, I'll give you a little little teaser. Oh, okay, just a little teaser. Mm-hmm. Those 2 minutes are going to make up for everything that we've said tonight. You want to tune in next <laughs> it's true. week. And last week and the week before. Yep. Don't give up on the short tracks. That's all I got to say and I'm hoping that Very the fifth track. and final one is the best one, I hope. Um but at any rate, my, my score for this is going to be a one. That's fair. So, totally fair. Uh, and we don't have Paul's score, and uh, we don't have David's Paul, score. Paul
1: Paul would have said, I, as Paul's friend, I would say if Paul watched this, he would give it the lowest score possible. So I'm going to give him a one, just
4: <laughs> knowing
1: that he would absolutely say that. So well, then that would mean
4: it's a ten to David. That's the well, <laughs> for
1: I don't
0: know. That's a good
1: that's a, that's a good point, Nate. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not yeah,
2: I'm, I'm not sure. He does give so, everything uh, a 10, so, you know.
1: <laughs>
2: well, we're paying him to do that, you know, as part of our conspiracy. <laughs> so, uh Charles, we have our fan scores, we have our truck spurt scores, and uh, how close are we to each oh. other on this one?
3: Uh, well, the fans gave it a 2.2. 2.
0: <clears throat>
3: Since we gave a score for Paul, I included that one, which dropped it from a 2 to a 1.75. Mm-hmm.
4: So a That's 2.
1: Fair. That feels fair.
2: Well,
3: barely a 2.
1: <laughs> barely.
3: The
2: lowest of the low.
1: Not even quite, yeah. Almost a 2. Like so far wow. below every single other Star Trek we've ever reviewed, ever, including yeah, fan yeah. stuff.
2: Yeah, this one was bad. Well, anyways, we we, let, we 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 have something fun to talk about next week, so let's hang in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> things get better. They can't it must get be worse, Star Trek, Trek Five sure. related. <laughs> I know. Well, let's talk about Star Trek Five. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, we always do, uh, at this part of the show, it's time for our Star Trek birthdays.
0: That
2: was not a Klingon song. All right, guys, we always start off our Star Trek birthday by remembering those members of our Star Trek family who, sadly enough, are no longer with us. And for that, we turn to Eric. Yeah,
1: Jim, this week we have six members of our Star Trek community who have gone before us. Uh, we'll be remembering the first is actor Robert Herron. Robert Heron uh was the actor was a stuntman and actor actually primarily a stuntman he worked at first as the stunt double for Jeffrey Hunter on the TOS pilot The Cage then appeared in the uh as as Sam in Charlie Axe Uncredited and then later played Excalibur's uh, recreation of the legendary Kayles the Unforgettable in the TOS episode, The Savage Curtain. Now, as an actor, Heron has uh, had many small roles in a number of films, including Gun Fury, Movie Movie, and City Heat. Uh, He also appeared in several other other shows including one with Major barrett along the way he's primarily a stuntman and has over 200 film and television credits as a stuntman but uh did have a little on-screen appearance there so happy birthday and love and remembrances going out to robert heron also remembering this week shaman glass shaman glass who would have had a birthday just two days ago, was the actor who portrayed Bedman in the TOS first season episode, Mudd's Women. Prior to his roles on Star Trek, Glass made several appearances on the television series Perry Mason. He also made his feature film debut with a small, uncredited appearance in 1960s epic Spartacus. Uh, Eventually made many small appearances on a number of other films, including Captain Newman, Slither, Deliverance, Winterhawk, and Damnation Alley. So Shaman Glass would have had a birthday this week. Happy birthday, Shaman. Happy birthday as well to Charles McCulley. Charles McCulley was the actor who portrayed the voice of Landru in the TOS episode, The Return of the Archons, and also later portrayed Jairus in the second season episode, Wolf in the Fold." Uh, Charles worked from the early 60s to the early 90s, including several appearances as Perry Mason's hapless opponent, district attorney Hamilton Berger. His aristocratic bearing and sonorous voice often led him to be cast as judges, doctors, attorneys, and other authority figures. He was actually Dracula in 1972's Blackula as well. And if you have not seen that movie... Please go see that movie right now. He portrays the, uh, well, I'm not going to tell you how they talk about Dracula, but Charles McCulley would have had a birthday just two days ago. He was born in 1927. We lost him back in 1999. Happy birthday, Charles. Happy birthday as well to actor Richard Hurd. Richard Hurd was the American actor who, of course, portrayed Owen Parris in the sixth and seventh season uh, Star Trek Voyager episodes, um, uh, Birthright 1 and Birthright Part 2. Hurd is perhaps best known for his role as the visitor Supreme Commander John in the sci-fi mystery V. I know you love that. Jim, right? V. Absolutely. V is amazing.
2: Let me tell and, you the scene yeah. where the <laughs> scene where they ripped the side of his face off it's and amazing. He's a underneath it. <laughs> I had nightmares. I still I mean, it, back back then that was some awesome special effects back then. And it got me. And yeah. even to this day that's the one that's the scene that I remember the most out of V is that one right there.
1: So he did V, he did Star Trek, he was also on William Shatner's TJ Hooker, he was also Admiral Noyce on Sequest DSV, which I know a lot of people are big fans of, because it's like sci-fi underwater, right? Um, he was also Mr. Wilhelm on Seinfeld and served as the third national vice president of the Screen Actors Guild back in the day. Um, Richard Hurd was also in in a Star Trek band, the Enterprise Blues Band, a musical group that writes and performs songs about Star Trek. He played gut box bass, kazoo, and sang some backup vocals. So Richard Hurd deeply seeped in star trek lore thank you so much for your contributions born september 26 1932 lost just three years ago may 2020 thank you richard heard also remembering this week richard c carmel that's right the original guy who played harry mudd in Mudd's women and i mud hardcore fenton Mudd himself he also voiced that character in Mud's Passion in the TAS episode Mud's Passion. Uh, he broke into film in 1958 and then eventually worked his way into television in the 60s, appeared in a lot of shows. And in 1980, Carmel won the regular role of Lawrence Brody in the NBC television series Fits and Bones, which I only mentioned because that series only lasted five episodes, and actually starred another one of our show favorites, Diana Moldor. That's right, <laughs> terrible show, but they were in it, so you know that's kind of special. Um, Carmel eventually went on to do a lot of voiceover work and went into one of my favorite franchises. He was in Transformers, not only the TV show but the movie. That's right. He acted uh, not only with Michael Bell, but also Leonard Nimoy in the Transformers movie. So, Carmel uh, did that voiceover work, and then he sort of finished out his career as the voice of Smokey the Bear in countless Forest Service public service commercials throughout the 70s and 80s. So, if you remember what Smokey the Bear, you know, sounded like, that was our good friend, Roger C. Carmel. So lost back in 1986. Happy birthday, Roger. And finally, on our remembrance list this week, we have William Wyndham. William Wyndham was the actor from New York City who is well-known for his portrayal of Commodore Matt Decker on the TOS second season episode, The Doomsday Machine. You know that guy. He looks sweaty. He looks kind (laughs) of gross. In 2004, he Reportrayed that role in the fan series Star Trek New Voyages. Uh, if you like those shows, um, what I didn't know before today was that William Wyndham actually won an Emmy Award in 1970 for his performance on the short-lived James Thurber sitcom My World and Welcome to It, but he's definitely best known as portraying Dr. Seth Hazlitt on the hit mystery series Murder, She Wrote which, of course, uh, you know, if you're not familiar with that series, you should probably go back and watch it. Uh, He's a very prolific actor, has over 250 credits on his IMDb page. So William Wyndham, Commander Decker, seems like a minor role, but, man, that guy's got some chops. And that, you guys, uh, takes us through our remembrances. So I'm going to pass this flaming birthday candle over to Charles.
3: Oh, thank you, Eric. I got a few on my list. Let's start off with Ted Rooney, who betrayed Varnes, Star Trek Voyager, 60th episode, live fast and prosper. Happy birthday to Dan Ginote, who's known for uh, George Samuel Kirk in nine of the Strange New Worlds episodes so far. Happy birthday to Kyron. Maroney, actress who played the uh, Ben Zan in Star Trek Next Generation second season episode The Outrageous Elkanah, and Shaw in the Star Trek Enterprise's first first season episode Fortune Son. Happy birthday to Beth, actress who played Aishira Yar in Star Trek Next Generation fourth season episode Legacy. I threw a little uh, link to my host. Uh, her first credit <clears throat> it appeared as one of the women in the Bon Jovi video, She Don't Know Me.
0: <laughs>
3: I went back and it's like, I had forgotten that video. That's, that's a forgotten song by Bon Jovi, but it's a good song. Happy birthday to Scott. Today, actor he played Bob Briggs in Star Trek IV's The Voyage Home, I looked at his IMDb. I guess after he played the character he played in that, he only got a couple more roles, and that was all he did. <clears throat> now I got a special one that I'm throwing out, and this is going to surprise a few people. A very happy birthday to Anson Williams. Anson Williams? You're talking about Patsy. Yes I am. Who directed five episodes in Star Trek? Voyagers, Real Life, The Gift and Demon Course, Oblivion. Excuse me. Real life, the Gift, Demon Course Oblivion. And then two DS9 episodes, one of these, you guys are gonna be like, eat it, what?
0: <laughs> Statistical
3: probabilities? And it's only a Paper Moon. Uh, oh, paper Moon is uh, such a uh, heart-wrenching episode. And uh, people don't know it. This is the episode that Nog comes back and has lost his leg. Two episodes
1: after – yeah.
3: And dealing – and having to deal with that issue.
1: Yep. It's two episodes and yet, and after AAR 558. And Anson Williams,
3: the one that directed that episode, I looked at his stuff. He only did a little bit of acting after Happy Days. But from Happy Days, he left there and went into directing. And he's got more directorial work than he does acting work.
4: Now, I would say that the same for Ron Howard as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think people
3: left for Happy Days. Yep. Uh, they they wanted to get in the chair. And they did.
4: I think there was even an episode of Happy Days revolving around Richie Cunningham uh becoming a director too.
3: Oh, cool.
4: Could have been.
3: So since Paul's not here, I'll pass pass some living people over to Eric.
1: Yeah, rare occurrence here, uh, Charles. So uh, Paul's first birthday this week is for one of our new superstars. I'm so excited to say happy birthday, and we love you to Hanel M. Culpepper. She is a producer, writer, and director, uh, directed the Discovery episodes of Thing Ambition, The Red Angel, and Forget Me Not, and the first three episodes of Star Trek Picard, Remembrance, Maps and Legends and the End is the beginning. She's the first black woman to be to direct the premiere episode of any Star Trek series. So uh happy birthday to you, Ms. Culpepper. Uh we celebrate you and and we love your work. Happy birthday as well to Rosalind Chow, the actress best known for her portrayal of Keiko O'Brien. Uh, i.e. Keiko Ishigawa in Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, You love her. You may not totally love her, but it's okay. I think that's the writing. I think Rosalind did a fantastic job of portraying that character. So happy birthday to Rosalind Chow. Happy birthday as well to Jason Alexander, a television film and stage actor who voiced Naum in the Star Trek Prodigy. Uh, uh, in in Star Trek Prodigy, excuse me, and also Kuros in Think Tank, a fifth season episode of Star Trek Voyager. Jason Alexander, you know who he is, right? Look him up. Happy birthday, Jason. Happy birthday as well to Oyen Oladejo, who is the actress who portrays operations officer Joanne Wustakun on Star Trek Discovery. Happy birthday, Oyen. And happy birthday last on this list to Yetide Badaki, the actress who portrays Nira Katal in the Strange New World second season episode, Ad Aspra Per Aspra. Happy birthday to all you folks. Jim, I'm going to pass that birthday candle over to you, bud.
2: Yeah, I also want to mention that uh, she is also going to be appearing at Trek Long Island as well. So if you'd like to meet her, oh, head on awesome. down to Trek Long Island. And you can say hello to Uncle Jim while you're there as well. So we have a lot of Trek Long Island news. (laughs) We'll have a lot more as it comes out. But, uh, yeah, Trek Long Island is going to be a lot of fun. Final stretch of the birthdays before we get to Star Trek news. So I want to say happy birthday to uh, Robert Miano, the actor who played Frank Chalmers in Star Trek Deep Space Nine's seventh season episode, Bada Bing, Bada Bang. Why are we mentioning him? Because he was born in New York City and raised in the Southeast Bronx. Right around the time that Joe DiMaggio and Yogi Berra played for the New York Yankees. This one goes out to you, Ray. That's right. We're going to mention this one for you. Ray is in the Bronx. He's right in that area. So maybe Ray ran into Robert. Who knows? We also want to say happy birthday to Rosalind Allen, the actress who portrayed Yannar. In Star Trek The Next Generation's second season episode, The Outrageous O'Connor, we already mentioned that episode once, but I think a lot of fans will know her as Chief Medical Officer Dr. Wendy Smith. In the Steven Spielberg series, *The Quest, we already mentioned that one as well. What a coincidence. Happy birthday to Rosalind Allen. We also want to say happy birthday to Kava, the actress who played Toby Russell. In the Star Trek The Next Generation fifth episode, Ethics. That is a great episode, by the way, and it's very ethical, hence the name Ethics. Go and check it out if you haven't seen it in a while. Did she make the right choice? I don't know. Mm, That's up to you to decide. Side. And uh, I always save the Klingons for last, and we want to say happy birthday to Chris Obi, the actor who played Ma Remain Klingon. And the first two episodes of Star Trek Discovery, the Vulcan Hello and the Battle at the Binary Stars. All right, guys, we have time for some Star Trek
6: news. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Incoming transmission.
1: Enter authorization code. Command codes verified. Define parameters of program. Level nine authorization required. Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete.
0: Blank alert. Blank
2: alert. All right, this first story is a big one. I'm really excited about it, Bob. Uh, Eric, you want to start us off? <laughs> sure.
1: Uh, it's a deal. The WGA and AMPTP reach a tentative agreement to end the writers' strike. That's right, folks. The Writers Guild has reached a tentative agreement with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers to end its strike after nearly five months. The parties finalized the framework of the deal Sunday when they were able to untangle untangle their stalemate over AI and writing room staffing levels. Next steps in the process will see the Ellen Sussman-led WGA Negotiating Committee vote On, quote, whether to recommend the agreement and send it on to the WGAW board and WGAE council for approval in votes tentatively scheduled for Tuesday pending those votes, the WGA told members that it is still on strike, but that all picketing is hereby suspended. The studios also inquired if, once a tentative agreement is ratified by the scribes, if writers would pick up their pens and hit their keyboards very soon afterwards. The Guild, from what we understand, has made the request that their members not return to work until SAG-AFTRA also has a new agreement with the AMPTP reflective of the WGA's feeling of solidarity between the two unions that has characterized their first mutual strike since 1960. It seems a pathway to split the difference was found. With all that, it will take a few days for the strike to be officially over as the WGA West and WGA East proceed with their ratification process. During the WGA's last strike in 2007 to uh, to 2008, a tentative agreement was reached on the 96th day and it wasn't over until the 100th. Production on Star Trek Strange New World Season 3 was set to begin in Toronto right when the WGA called for a strike and work on Season 3 immediately came to a halt. Pending the WGA strike, it means the showrunners and writers team can resume work on any Strange New World Season 3 scripts that still need it. However, They obviously can't shoot any episodes until the SAG After Strike is settled. (laughs) It's very complicated. Production on Star Trek Section 31, the first made for streaming on Paramount Plus uh, as a Star Trek movie, was reportedly slated to begin production in October 2023 before the WGA and SAG After Strikes happened. However, 31 Stars Academy Award winner Michelle Yeoh as the Emperor Philip Giorgio. it will be directed by Star Trek Discovery's Olutande Onusami. Section 31's screenplay is written by Craig Sweeney and is believed to be locked. I'm not sure what that means. But until the SAG after Strikers is resolved, cameras can't roll on Section 31. Whether Section 31 can make a release date in 2024 remains to be seen. Star Trek Discovery was canceled with Season 5, but Paramount Plus announced Star Trek Starfleet Academy, which is a spin-off of Discovery set in the 32nd century. The Starfleet Academy TV series hasn't announced casting yet, and filming wasn't reportedly going to begin until after Star Trek Discovery Season 5 finishes its streaming run on Paramount Plus. However, the WGA strike ending means the writing team, which includes Star Trek Lower Decks' Tani Newsom, may be able to resume work on Starfleet Academy's scripts soon. So, uh, strike over, but not really over, and sort of, uh, I don't know, there may be more news since this. Have you guys heard of it? I believe,
3: I believe content was approved, and I think it was midnight, midnight someday that they were actually able to go back. Okay. The only group that's actually probably going to go back to their desks probably going to be talk shows. Late night and daytime talk shows will go back. A lot of the others, I've heard, I think I've heard stories of the writers actually going and saying, okay, the actors helped us march our lines, strike that they may go do the same and help with the actors Mm. continue their strike to get it passed. And we have another strike pending because now I heard the Voice Actors Guild that does video games Mm. wants compensation also and they're going on strike.
2: Yeah, so basically all the talk shows like the Drew Barrymore show and Arsenio Hall, they're all going to be going back um, into production. Uh, which is, which you know, if you're into talk Love shows, it. that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Arsenio Hall on, so. show.
1: He did, and he said Drew Barrymore, <laughs> <laughs> which is even funnier. <laughs> yeah.
2: So uh, yeah, they're they're going to go back, but the. Uh, the writers are going to honor the uh, picket lines and they are not going to go back any shows that are still being struck, but talk shows aren't. So the talk shows will be going back, but like Star Trek and things like that, they're going to honor the picket line. So I I think that's, I think that's great. I think they should. And I support that decision. And I don't think that a Screen Actors Guild uh, contract is that far off. I think because they were striking for the same exact issues. So the fact that they were able to come to an agreement with the writers, a pretty similar agreement should be, you know, put in place relatively soon for the actors. So that's that's cool.
1: Like, I think the most remarkable thing about this whole negotiation process is that they decided to put off the talk about AI, which to me is the most hot topic that we've got right now. And I think it's because nobody knows what the hell's going on with AI. Like they don't know how much to trust it. Like in the professional world, AI, AI is being used quite a bit now. Like people are using it to to interview properly. They're using it to write reports. They're using it to yeah. craft resumes. Right stories write stories. And in fact, I believe George R. R. Martin, wasn't he the pioneer of a new lawsuit just this week against chat GPT? Um, so our first lawsuit against uh, AI has now occurred. And I think it's a, I don't know if it's a class action, but I don't think he's the only one on board. Uh, so to me, this is a huge part of the actors guild strike that was postponed because we simply haven't caught up to the technology yet like i think they i think they literally want to see what the outcome of things like this lawsuit are before they really understand plagiarism even mean like if a computer pulls some of my stuff from stuff that i've written and integrates it into a response that somebody asks a question, does that constitute plagiarism? I think that's what George R.R.R. I have a, such a hard time saying his name, George R.R. Martin, like that's the question he's asking. Um, like how much can a machine copy me and not be charged with copyright infringement?
0: Yeah. Super
2: interesting question. And I, you know, I think that one of the biggest things, one of the biggest issues that I saw resolved was the fact that the writers aren't getting paid. And this will affect the actors as well uh, for streaming shows. And that was a big issue. And they finally have come up with a way of paying writers based on the popularity of the streaming shows. And that is the minutes that it's being viewed online mm-hmm. is going to determine how much they may get paid, which is good. That's good yeah
1: data it means jim that we are inexorably linked to a world that must track our data because if it doesn't track our data people don't get paid
2: so that's kind of
1: creepy and kind of cool at the same time i don't really even
2: know how to feel about it (laughs) well apparently the, the way it was before is that the streaming services themselves Say like Netflix or, or uh, Paramount Plus, they would release the data as to how many, how popular their shows were, and yeah. the actors and the writers were feeling like, well, well, you know, if if they're releasing low numbers, we're not getting paid because they're saying the numbers are lower than they are. So now what they do is they, I don't remember the equation, but that's in the case of lower decks is only what a twenty-two minute show. And then yeah. you have a shows like Strange New World, which like is pushing an hour, yeah.
0: 53,
2: 57 minutes. So an act, someone that writes for Strange New World is going to make more money than someone that Waited. writes for Lower Decks because it's a lower-minute show. So what they've yep. done is they've come up with an equation to divide the minutes by the views to come up with a number that's fair across the board. And you you can look up the contract and find that yourself, but... The fact is, the more that we watch a show, the more that we stream it, the more minutes we stream it, the more money the actors, well, in this case, the writers, will make for that particular show. That's what it comes down to. So that's pretty cool. All right, Eric, you, uh, you ready for another one?
0: I got
1: another one here, yeah. Uh, Star Trek's latest season-long arc breaks a big tradition. Should a Star Trek TV series be comprised of standalone episodes, or should the whole thing be a huge serialized story arc? while the tos uh, pioneered the classic planet of the week stories in the 60s the 90s and early aughts saw both deep space 9 and enterprise play with season-long arcs that predated prestige tv as we know it ever since lower decks and strange new worlds debuted in 2020 and 2022 respectively the tv franchise has split the difference some shows still have a lot of serialization Picard and Discovery, for example, while LDS and Strange New World stick closest to self-contained episodes. But what if you could have both? In season four of Star Trek Lower Decks, that's exactly what's happening. Big stakes serialization combined with isolated episodes. Lower Decks supervising director Barry Kelly, a co-producer, and co-producer Brad Winters, uh get the give the inside scoop on how this season of lower decks breaks with tradition while also keeping with hilariously familiar topics we really try to homage tng and being more episodic kelly explains meanwhile or excuse me meaning that the through line of our episodes is really just the characters progression and development but yeah This time, there's a new mystery through line, and we're getting to see two things happening in each episode. I think they're talking about that mystery spaceship, right? There's this new overhanging threat. This ship showed up and destroyed a Klingon ship. Who is this? It's not Starfleet. It's some weird, organic-shaped, pearl-looking ship that we don't know what it is or what alien it's made of. (laughs) Because even though there's a season-long arc the name of the game in Lower Decks Season 4 is still Hilarious Easter Eggs. For example, in Tubics at one point, Bormler yells out, It's all the deep cuts from Voy! But now three years since its debut in 2020, this is the kind of things fans have learned from Lower Decks. Romps that often refer to existing Star Trek episodes, Strange New Worlds, just had a... Epic crossover with Lower Decks, in fact. Doesn't mean that clues to the mysterious enemy in Lower Decks Season 4 could have been teased on another show? Yeah, maybe. Again, Winters and Kelly stressed that despite going, uh, going big with serialization, Lower Decks is still its own thing. As Winters puts it succinctly, we would never do the Gorn. So I think they're saying that, like, we're not trying to do a long that kind of, like, gives an overall story. We're really trying to compartmentalize, but, like, give us a little bit of character development along the way, which I think Lower Decks has been pretty successful with. So, hmm Yeah. So, Charles, uh, I know you got another news story for us, bud. Yep.
3: And, actually, I'm well familiar with this one. I've heard this one talked about multiple times. Hilarious Star Trek movie moment happened thanks to one actor's mistake. Star Trek fans have been intrigued and puzzled by one incidental line that was delivered by a mystery woman in 1986's Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. The mystery around the urban legend has been since solved. It turns out the woman who delivered the line actually did so by mistake. Layla Sarah, uh, Sarah Kahlo, a dander to the filming of Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, was a mysterious woman that gave Chekhov directions, accidentally creating an iconic moment. The mysterious woman who was identified as Layla appeared as an extra during one scene in the Star Trek film. The scene takes place in San Francisco, where Chekhov and Uhura are trapped and trying to find their way to the city of Alameda. They need to get to Alameda to use the nuclear vessels to power their ships and send them back home to the future. The scene itself is very funny because Chekhov has a thick Russian accent that makes the word vessel sound more like vessel which adds more to the confusion in their situation. The Star Trek carriers ask random people on the streets where Alameda is and where they can find the nuclear vessels. Everyone just looks at them with confused expression and continues on their way, except for one woman, Layla. Star Trek alumni ask Layla where they can find the nuclear vessels in Alameda. She responds by saying, I think they're across the bay in Alameda. Check out shrugged his shoulders and repeats. That's what I said, Alameda. In a defended yet comical tone. Despite never acting before, Layla was ready to join the cast of the other Star Trek actress. While the other actress did not respond or engage with Chekhov and her during the scene, Layla just acted naturally as advised by the assistant director and responded to Chekhov when he asked her where Alameda was. Even though she wasn't supposed to say anything, the crew loved the moment, decided to keep it in the final cut of the film. Awesome. I've heard her story before, and it's just a fabulous story. They set the scene, got it, and said, well, let's try it again. And she gave it to him again. It's like, we need to keep this line. This line works. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, that, that's a very memorable part of Star Trek Four.
6: And we have Let with us
2: uh, Nathan, who has some uh, Star Trek online
4: news. Nathan,
2: you want to jump in here?
4: All righty. So um, since I had not been around, I wasn't sure if you guys covered any STO news uh, lately. So I figured I'd uh, pass this on because it might be all news to uh, all the hosts as well. So currently, um, there's a current event going on Um where uh we have uh for free you are getting uh the uniforms of the protostar from prodigy um so all the starfleet uniforms that uh, all our cadets wear in the series um, you can get those for free for your characters for federation characters or federation aligned characters uh also unfortunately it's not free it is a lockbox but The Protostar is now in the game and able to be obtained. Uh, It is a temporal science vessel, uh, which is kind of fitting, I think, for it. Um, So yeah, I figured I'd uh, pass both of those on. Unfortunately, uh, since it comes from the lockbox, that you have to result into gambling or being uh, uh, lucky if someone uh, is selling it on the exchange. Uh, but the uniforms are free for all your Federation characters uh, uh, claimable once. So I figured uh, you guys might be interested in the fact that the Protostar is in the game now.
1: Nathan, what does the
4: lockbox
1: thing mean? So like, what is that?
4: the lockbox is uh, you can get those while you're playing. Uh, they're random drops. And then, you, unfortunately, to open them, you have to purchase keys uh, to unlock the lock boxes, and then random things come out of the lock box. So you're not guaranteed to get uh, the Protostar from it. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's you you have to they they randomly drop. Uh, like I have several from the years that I've played, and I've just never purchased any keys to open them uh but uh yeah so you have to you have to those come free but to open them you have to buy keys and then it's a gambling thing where it's a random uh, stuff that come out of uh, the locked boxes so you have a random chance to get it uh it's someone Again, if someone has opened it and decided uh, to put it on the exchange, which is basically like the um, uh, a way where people can buy and sell stuff in the game, uh, they might have put it on the exchange if they didn't want it or if they got an extra one. Um, because once I believe once they come out of the lock boxes their account unlocks, so it'd be access to every character on your account. Then can have that. Um, so yeah, so uh, those are the, again those you have to gamble to get the Protostar, but it is in the game now. But the uniforms are free, claimable um, while the special event is going on, and I believe the event is going on until October twelfth so uh and I believe Jim it is p c and um and console, so if you log in, you can get your uh all right, well, you may just have a Klingon character uh but uh, if you have any federation aligned characters uh you may uh want to grab your um your prodigy uniform for your characters' because those are free. And you
2: can, you, you can grab it. I could grab it and then keep it if I want to play a Federation character later? Uh, yes,
4: because it's an um, it's account a unlock. So all of your Federation characters, uh, once you, it's in your promotions tab. Uh, you click on the promotions tab, and it's on the top part of the tab. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you just claim it once and then all of your Federation-aligned characters uh, would be able to uh, to use it. Excellent.
2: Excellent. Well, Nate, I want to say thank you. It was great to have you on with us, and thank you for giving us an update on Star Trek Online, and thanks for driving our scores up
4: on two of That's our right. lower <laughs> <laughs>
3: for the first time ever <laughs> for the first time
4: ever I'm not the negative person I left that to somebody else apparently <laughs>
2: and I want to say thank you of course to our very own Ray for calling in from the Bronx thanks a lot Ray and I want to say thank you to our very own Eric for hanging out and talking on this night thank you Eric
1: you bet guys I had a blast
2: and thank you so much to Charles for hanging out and Trek talking with us. Thank you, Charles. Okay. Charles and we is will needed. Be back. <laughs> yep. We will be back next Thursday. Same bat time, same bat channel. We have a really fun episode of very short Treks to talk about, which I Woo! think will more than make up for the negativity that we sprinkled it with tonight. So you want to check that out. And we'll talk about the Lower Decks episode, which is on today, which the title of it I haven't checked yet. But whatever it is, we're going to talk about it on Thursday night. And I believe Thursday night we'll have the whole crew back together. I think we'll have David and Paul with us as well. So things will be back to normal next Thursday night. So I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, saying please, everybody, stay safe and be good to each other. And remember, Star Trek fans are the best fans. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Hi, y'all. Let's see what's out there.
0: Engage.